this is Karis Ryan and welcome to Teach Me in 20. Each week I'll release a new podcast where I get to speak with awesome people who have something new to teach me that I know nothing about. If, like me, you're naturally curious about everything, this could be the podcast for you. So come along for the ride. It'll only cost you 20 minutes. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of Teach Me in 20. I'm so excited to introduce our next guest. He's a hypnotist, he travels all the way around the world, he's a keynote speaker, presenter, basically anything cool there is to do, he does it. (laughs) Matt Hale, welcome on. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is very (laughs) exciting for me too. We were just chatting as well. You're a Mm. foil surfer. Yeah, there's a few popping up now. They still kind of get a lot of questions when you see me on one at the beach, but it's a hydrofoil attached to a surfboard paddle in like a normal surfboard and it kind of raises out the water and off I go so it does look very weird so uh, quite often people say to me well it's, does that thing have a motor I was like, no it's human powered <laughs> it's unreal for people that don't know what yeah. it is go check out foil surfing Matt does it as I said he's got so many skills and talents <laughs> we are going to talk about the hypnotist hypnosis today yeah sure so for people obviously their experience with it is probably the comedic side someone yes. gets up on stage yep. made a bit of a fun of and yep. it's hilarious yeah but you've turned it into more of a professional and corporate setting yeah I kind of do both so I I, I do a a lot, I still do a lot of public shows and, you know, around Australia we do some of the festivals, obviously Fringe World in Perth, uh, we'll be at Adelaide Fringe next year as well oh, and yeah. so with that, that's, that's more your theatre style and absolutely it's members of the public buying tickets and I, I've always focused though on, I, I, I've always had a different kind of take on how to present that show though because I always felt you don't want to make fun of people, you want them to have a lot of fun and it to be funny because I want anyone in the audience at the end of the show to be sat there going, oh, I wish I'd taken part. I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to take part rather than going, oh, it was funny, but I'm glad it wasn't me up there. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I just think if there's a chance to make people feel fantastic and amazing and love the experience and it be funny, hey, that's, that's the golden ticket for me. So, yeah. yeah. How do you though, I'm just imagining at these uh, business events, mm. how do you get these big shot CEOs up on stage <laughs> to make fun of? The funny thing is, this is really interesting because quite often, you know, I, I get booked on recommendation uh, a, a lot, right? And so sometimes, you know, we've got, we're at an event just waiting to go on and, you know, we've been booked by recommendation. And, yeah. But the organiser's saying before me, oh, man, I'm, I'm really worried. What if, what if no one gets up? This is a really tough group. You know, it's a group of lawyers or accountants or police yeah. or whatever it is. And, and it, I just say the same thing. Look, you know, I should be the one who should be worried if anyone, and I'm certainly not worried. <laughs> no, because again, what happens is uh, it may be the wrong concept in their mind of what is about to happen. But I, I, come, I come up and I, you know, jump onto stage and in the first few minutes, I pretty much break down all the myths and ridiculous things that people are thinking about hypnosis. Yeah. But also, you know, let them know not only is this going to be fun, but the way you use your mind up here, that's going to be a way that after this experience, you're going to be able to use that kind of focus to focus on any goal you want to reach much easier because, it, mm. you know, it is that kind of absolute focus of making something feel real in the moment. So, and that's a fantastic yeah. visualisation skill to take through life. Absolutely. Mm. So what are some of the examples of events you've worked at and the, the speeches you've presented? Uh, okay, so my main, my main keynote at the moment is called Mind Hacking Happiness and that's basically for, for business and personal success and that's that's uh, again we you know we, there's no death by powerpoint in any of these presentations <laughs> i think the I was reason say, you've reshaped the whole boring yeah yeah know, so that's so, thing so in that kind of environment uh we bring something very educational but 
have to make it entertaining. When it's entertaining and educational, it's again, that's a really good bind together. Um, but within that, I show people how the way they use their mind, the way they think things, the way they keep things top of mind, um, you can let your mind get used to it. So that becomes your kind of like default program that it runs. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like putting your, putting your uh, mind on auto, autopilot for what you want to achieve, whether it's like how you want to feel when you wake up in the morning or whether it's, you know, how many sales uh, you want to make in a month. You know, it, it can be kind of rolled out across all walks of life. Have you found, you just mentioned before, it's fantastic implementing the, the comedy side of it mm. as well. Have you found people are more responsive to what you're teaching them with the hypnosis incorporating in it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, with the with the they uh, quicker to change because of it. Yeah, well, with the presentation, we you know, there's there's no hypnosis as such in that, but we go into some really strong visualization techniques, and but I, I managed to bring that into a real fun environment as well. So at some points, it almost looks like a hypnosis show. At some points, you know, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, a few things we're getting people to like make it feel as real as you can. You know, see it in your mind. What would that feel like? What would it look like? And in that time, you know, it's just like. When you're a kid, you're able to pretend and imagine and, and with no thoughts as to that being a silly thing, as adults, we kind of taper that down. So I kind of give that back to the adults. And, and once you let your imagination wrap around an idea, it really, it really runs wild. So bringing that side of thing into you know, what is essentially an educational presentation, again, just it binds it together a lot better because it becomes a very memorable experience all, all around with it, whether you're watching or taking part. Yeah. Is... Do you find people want follow-on sessions after that or is it one and they're done and <laughs> yeah. they've, you know, not uh, cured but, yeah, fixed? Or well, <laughs> I, I mean, they, they, that's kind of different thing. So, yeah, I, I do these presentations which are for, you know, it can be for 50 people but more often than not it's for hundreds of people, you mm. know, so in, in big conferences. But in these things, this is designed to be able to give a, an insight into, like, you can go out, use these two or three techniques, roll these out straight away from day one and you're going to see some kind of benefit, mm -hmm. you know, in your life. But... Uh, some people from that will contact me and then I'll, you know, I, I will take them uh, into some kind of private sessions where we do a bit more mental training. If, they're, if they want some more help with maybe their self-confidence, if they're moving up in the public speaking arena, not because they're a public speaker, but maybe because their job um, has suddenly dictated that. There's a lot of people in the corporate world who are fantastic at what they do, but as they move up, that then involves something very alien to them, which is talking to sometimes just 20 people freaks people mm. out. So, you know, I help people with that and I help people with all, all kind of other aspects of what they want to focus on, whether it's the confidence or whether it's just like the fear of something or whether it's just feeling good or getting rid of anxiety. So all that, I do get a, a lot of follow-on from having presented a keynote or even the comedy show, yeah. Yeah. Just moving into the one-on-one -on -one sessions mm. now, and I did, yeah, read up, you help people who have got lifelong habits. So mm. someone might have been smoking for 40 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. helping them break that. Yeah. How does that work? Are they, are you sort of diving in and flicking a switch inside or are they coming to their own realisation? Yeah, actually it's the second. Basically, yeah, I'm, I'm essentially not doing anything. It's more kind of the education and showing you how you can actually like just turn that program off or not so much turn it off, but actually just adjust it, tweak it, make it better. Because in the sense of a 40-day smoker, that is just a habit, right? Yeah. There's no benefit. You know, there might be a few drags of a couple of cigarettes out of those 20 a day that they may get some enjoyment from, but most of it is just a habit. And it's because the mind's got used to it so much, it goes, 
all right, mate, I'll run that for you. You know, you don't have to think about that. I'll just do that for you, right. make you think that you need one. So it's just getting in and showing them a way that they can adjust that pattern, but also breaking down some of the myths that may be holding them to the belief that it's hard to quit or there's, you know, certain things might happen when they quit, which are just simply untrue. You know, there's, if you know the right way to use your mind, if you suddenly know the, the true kind of, uh, processes behind what smoking does, what it doesn't do, then it, it's harder for the tricks to be played on you, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So describe, for people who aren't aware of how you exactly do this or mm. uh, describe someone comes in yep. and how does it all evolve? Yeah, I just get my magic wand out, tap <laughs> on the head, off we go. There we go, a few hundred bucks, lovely, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I find out what they're actually, what, what they actually want. Yeah. Now, but sometimes, you know, some, someone might say, look, I want to quit smoking, but that's actually not what they want. It, it, then for most people, it will come down to a health-related thing. Some people, it's financial. Uh, you know, there was someone I asked that question was, and once we started delving down, well, I need some more money. Went, Why do you want some more money? You know, well, I've wasted a lot on, okay, well, what are you trying to save for? Well, over the last five years, I've spent $30,000 on cigarettes, yet can't afford a uh, deposit for a mortgage. Okay. Suddenly, we're, we're at the, the crux of what they truly want. Most people, it's health reasons, and they'll see themselves, you know, getting older, and they want to have time in their life with their kids, feel good with their kids, or or their loved ones. It's So when you delve down and see that, I, I, I like to kind of get to that kind of answer first because then we can really kind of look towards that and really, you know, work towards that as a real picture and image, as a something that's going to be a much more emotional tie to making this happen because quite often people haven't delved that deep. And when they do and they start to involve these other you know, ideas and uh, goals to what it's actually they want, you know, the mind will start working a lot more easily towards that. We're going to point it that way, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so then we, you know, we have this little chat. Um, I, I tend to not call these sessions hip- hypnotic because I kind of run them without any hypnosis in. You know, I used to do okay. very traditional kind of hypnotherapy style, but now, you know, I, I just use these because I, I actually do a lot of these for big groups. So I think it evolved from the fact that I couldn't use like, a hypnotic technique across a big group because, you know, some people may be good subjects, some may, be, may not be, but I would like obviously a great success rate across right. the majority. Yep. So I needed to find some other things which kind of involve what I'd learned but don't necessarily rely on the hypnosis. So... I, I do take people through a lot of visualizations through the session, and there's you know there's a couple of particularly long ones, and in that we pretty much, it's 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 metaphorically, but we metaphorically ask the subconscious to find something better to do than what it's been doing to achieve whatever that positive outcome they were getting from that bad habit or that protective thing is. So, f- for example, people who smoke. You know, yes, it's a bad habit, but they didn't take it up because they wanted to put, you know, some burning leaves in their mouth, right? It was because <laughs> it's because it made them feel part of a certain group, yeah. uh, made them uh, fit in, maybe felt rebellious. And so that was almost like a little positive bump. It just happened to have this horrible thing around it. So, you know, it's basically like, let's find another thing that's going to give you a, a nice kind of making you feel good, making you fit in, rather than that, that smoking habit. Because that smoke habit is not a good one to use for that positive bump. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and same thing with, with phobias. You know, if someone has a fear of, um, a fear of flying, well, you know, it's just... I, I find people kind of almost beat themselves up a bit. Oh, I can't believe, why do I think this? But it's just your mind being over helpful it's been over cautious it's trying to protect you right yeah. so it's basically like, okay well let's educate it and just say look you don't have to be as protective you know in all situations let's actually assess the situation first 
you know, is that, uh, you know, people with spiders who can't even look at a picture of a spider, that's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's just a picture of a spider. So, but their mind's still going, ah, it's a spider, get away, right? It's dangerous, <laughs> right? So being overprotective. So in the session, we, we kind of metaphorically ask the subconscious to kind of find a better way of dealing uh, with the positive thing they're trying to achieve or, hey, let's not be as overcautious and let's kind of, you know, just step back and assess the situation before freaking out. So we do do this kind of thing while we're visualising and, uh, yeah, it has such a such a big impact. Well, it must be confronting for people as well because you're trying to dive into the, you know, root cause or, you know, explore further and deeper and they're probably realising things they hadn't even thought of before. Well, it's actually interesting because I, I don't see any need to actually kind of go back to a root cause. And some people may say, I don't know what it was when, you know, that made me, you know, have this fear of water or whatever it is. And do you know what? It doesn't actually matter. All that matters is their mind is at one point freaked out and going, ah! Or someone around them has, you know, kind of taught that. That's that reaction. Get away from that water, right? Yeah. So suddenly their mind goes, oh, yeah, you've got to be crazy to be anywhere near anywhere near water anytime so that their mind learned that and just kind of went hey that's the that's the default program we're going to run so and it just happens to be like a, a bit too good you know so you're trying to basically stop those thoughts yeah 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 or not not necessarily stop them but yeah we want it to be cautious if they're just about to fall into some water they're very close to it the rock's slippery it's too deep they can't swim absolutely they still need to have that assessment of like is this a dangerous situation or not yeah. but again you know as silly as it sounds for us, for someone who can't even stand near a fish pond uh, without freaking wow. out, which is which is some people, you know, yeah. and you know, I, I, I do say to some people who come in to see me about something which seems quite normal, you know, you've got fear of heights, okay. What if I said I've seen people who've got fear of red buttons and they're like, that's ridiculous. I was like, well, oh, do you know what? You're like laughing right? at them. Yeah, but do, you know what? but do you know what? I say to them, well, do you know, as ridiculous as we're all laughing about that, about the red buttons thing is, that person who's afraid of red buttons, they are equally laughing at you thinking, look at this guy. He's afraid of flying. Can you believe it? It's ridiculous. You know, so. How do people it, respond to that when you throw that in their face? <laughs> yeah. It, again, it's just another little kind of psychological uh, plug in the right direction, I guess. You know? yeah. So, yeah. So how does the visualisation differ to the hypnosis? Because I did a bit of research on hypnosis and it dates back for people that don't know, back to the... 18th century. So oh, yeah, go back, go back, go back, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah so back like, to the Greeks. It's a Greek word originally, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. The, I sort of saw Frank Mesmer, he was like the first. Yeah, first yeah, I mean, I mean he, yeah, and that, I mean, that he's he definitely wasn't at, at the beginning of it and he tended to have this kind of very like, oh, really? weird like I'm mesmerizing that's you thing, right yeah, yeah. And mesmerizing that's, so you I was know, like is that mm, is that accurate no no okay. not in so, my view no that's uh, you know again that tends to harp back to like a nice mysterious way of pushing this forwards you know but because they also talk about uh, like the an induction phase where mm. people focus on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is yeah. that similar to what you're doing in terms of the visualization? They're focusing on something else. Uh, yeah, in, well, in that case, it's pretty much focusing on words. You know, I don't get a pocket watch out and start swinging it on the line. In fact, glad in, we cleared that up. Yeah, and, and in fact, in, in in any of my shows, you know, I've always tried to stay away from like the absolute cliches of of that kind of thing because it's simply not necessary. You know, so that pocket watch it did hold a use so whenever you saw old hypnotists you know swinging the watch watch this watch and your eyes are getting sleepy in that they were used to using it as a focus point now you could use anything as a focus point i mean i could 
you know, use my belly button as a focus point. I mean, that'd be kind of weird and awkward, right? But, <laughs> but I choose to use my words as a focus point. It's much easier for me. Yeah. So if I get people to focus on what I'm saying, how I'm saying, really focus and listen, then uh, now don't drop off there, Carissa. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I spoke to a few people. I'm quite excited to be able to chat to you. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what if he hypnotizes you in the chat? And I was thinking, no, that can't happen, right? Because it's a permissive, it's a permissive uh, experience. You, you have to be yeah, wanting there's, it. And... There's a process, absolutely. Yeah. It's like saying, I want to drive a car, and you say, well, put the key in the ignition. No, I'm not going to put the key in the ignition. <laughs> well, you know, and the same thing is, uh, you know, if you want to be hypnotized, you're going to. You're going to want to go through the process that gets you there first, you know. If you truly thought I could just hypnotise you without us having any <laughs> other I conversation. I People, though, I had been saying, but, and I was like, no, no, no. Because yeah. I'm sorry as well, you, there's certain conditions that I guess need to be met for the process to take place. And, Would and that be right? Yeah, yes, there, there are, but I think sometimes people are a bit too restrictive on what they believe they are as well. Okay. You know, some people say, oh, you've got to be super quiet. Why? As long as you can hear me, you know. You've just got like if you've seen, EDC, if you, EDM music yeah, playing yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah, if, you, if you've ever seen me in a bar and stick someone's uh, stick someone's beer bottle to the uh, to the bar so they can't pick it up, you know, it, it's it's a loud situation, right? You know, we can do some fun things like that. In, that yeah, is. but again, it just comes down to that, that person being able to kind of listen to me, focus, relax, visualize, and, and combining all those things. So yeah. Have you found, and this isn't to gender stereotype, but have you found mm. males or females more susceptible to the process? No, it's funny. People do ask me, you know, what kind of crowds, and you know, and I do, I do kind of perform, not just nationally, but have internationally as well. You know, uh, you know, are the UK audience better? Than, you know, are they any different to the Australian? Are they different to the, when you go on the cruise ships? Are they not really? You know, I just find, you know, as long as people are able to listen to me and understand me. You know, if they have true desire to to want to go into that nice relaxed state, uh, th- there's no kind of one set of people I can say who are going to be better than that than the others. I, I will tell you though that I do, I, I love asking people afterwards. Oh, you know that you know how did you experience that? What does that feel to you? And most people will say things like, "It's really weird. I was aware of what I was doing. I just didn't seem to question it at the time." And that's most people's experience. But what I do notice is quite often people go, like, oh, man, you know, it, it was just like when I was at yoga or meditation. So I do find quite often if someone's already had an experience of, you know, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, that kind of thing, they will, they, they'll probably be even easier to be able to, to kind of okay. do that on the first go, yeah. Okay. Has it been anyone as well in your one-on-one sessions where you just, you can't help them? And the reason I asked that, I spoke to a clinical psychologist on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And I asked her the same question. Yeah. And she said... Yeah, there's people I can't help because change is really hard and you probably see that in your clients. As much as people want to change, yes. it's really scary. Absolutely. Look, and, and I always say for the most people, I tell you what, there's some real kind of like uh, miracle sessions like, you know, like the, the people, there are tons of people who walk out of a session and have smoked for that 40 a day for 20 years and just that's it, it's gone, right? Or they can get on a plane the next week when they could have never done that before, that kind of thing. Other people need a little bit more, you know, it might be a bit more step-by-step. So, okay, you know, now they can get to the airport at least without being super anxious rather than, like, not even stepping inside. Okay, that's fine. And then, you know, there's going to come a few people just from time to time who it's, yeah, hands up, look, you know, there's there's something that's not right or not ready about doing this with you um, or you just may need to be able to kind of, like be able to relax a bit more before we can really get into this. So absolutely. But uh, fortunately, 
that's on the on the much lower end of the scale. So yeah. What would you say to people that are a bit apprehensive about trying this as a, a treatment? Yeah, well, I, I think let's let's kind of strip it away and give you something which people can hang on to straight away, which may make them go, "Ah, oh, right," because you'll hear me say at the start of the shows, and I'll st- I will say at the start of a a one on one session as well or a group session, I'll say, "Do you know what?" Sometimes people come to these sessions or come to these shows and they think. That is unbelievable, but that people could focus on something so much and make it feel real in the moment, which is essentially what people are doing, right? Mm -hmm. But we actually do that every day. If you think about it, if you've ever cried at a sad movie, have you ever done that? Yes. Of course, right? I'm human, (laughs) Exactly, right? That's your mind making it feel real in the time. Essentially, it's a story. Someone's written, made it up. There's actors pretending to do it. The dog didn't really die. He's still alive and well, acting in another movie. But our mind chooses to focus on it feeling so real it physically makes us react by crying or our hearts going or you know a scary movie can physically make us jump our heart races we can make a heart race from a thought that this is real when it's not so we do it all the time and once i kind of explain that people are like all right okay and then of course we blow all those other myths yeah (laughs) it's not mind control i can't i can't get you to tell me your darkest secrets all these things because if i could would i truly be in front of these people no i'd be down at the bank waiting for everyone to come out (laughs) you believe that money is mine click the fingers off i go much easier way of me making my money that i did get asked (laughs) to ask you if you've ever been able to hypnotize someone for your own personal gain (laughs) well i do have a beautiful wife so you know people do question that sometimes so uh, I was gonna, is it mentally draining on you this work yeah like it, it, it is but I mean you know, all our jobs are draining in some kind of way for, for me you know I'm not digging holes on stage that's physically draining for me I, you know I'm you know if, if it's in a stage situation I'm dashing around and as much like, you know I know I know the things I want to say in my show you know, through every part of the show. But mentally, my mind is going a million miles an hour because I'm actually keeping an eye on, you know, 12, 15 people mm. and thinking, okay, the person on the end there, they're going to be really good to use in that routine that's coming up where I need to use person in the Star Wars routine. Oh, the person over there, they're going to be good. Oh, actually, that person over there, they need a little bit more attention. I'll go and just make sure that they're good. So I'm kind of going a million miles an hour, like even though I'm talking, say my words in a nice, calm way, my mind's kind of going, like, keep an eye on that person there. I think they're okay. Oh, they're good. You know. So how so, do you know? Like you just said, then, oh, that'd be good mm, for that. What are mm. you looking for? What are some cues? Oh, look, you know, I, I, some people are more visual with their things they do. Some people are more responsive to being vocally great with things. You know, if I ask them for an excuse as to why they were speeding and it's got to be ridiculous and they're like, oh, my God, you know, there's an elephant in the boot of my car and I've got to get it to the zoo before they realise it's gone, right? Something like that, which has happened. Oh, yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I know that they're going to be great. You know, if I only have to ask one person something in a particular routine, I just think now I know that these good, these, this person can actually you know, project their voice well. They're very responsive to coming up with something very creative on that suggestion. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for things. So there's there's certain group routines I do, and in those groups, you know, if I see someone laughing particularly loudly and wildly and unembracedly, you know, they're probably going to be someone who moves quite well as well, you know. So if I'm going to do a routine where someone's up dancing or singing, you know, we may use that person there. Yeah. So there's lots of things I'm looking out for. Like I said, some people are actually a bit more within themselves 
they're loving it. You can see them, you know, kind of moving along with the certain things, but they're a bit, just a bit more refined because remember, no one really knows what that feels like until they do it for the first time. So is the expectation you get up and go crazy? Maybe not. Is the expectation like it just feels really great and relaxed? Maybe. So, you know, obviously I'm, I encourage people to kind of, you know, outwardly express it because it makes it, you know, more visually better for the show though. Yeah. Mm. How did you first get into this? I know, Hogwarts, tough, eh? <laughs> <laughs> tough admission process. Kicked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, banished. Um, no, do you know, I was always fascinated with the mind. Uh, I used to do lots of memory. Uh, there, weren't, there weren't tricks. I used to use these memory techniques that I learned about to do these what seemed to be amazing things. So like cognitive therapy? No, no, simply like, I'll take it right back. I saw a guy on the TV, someone shuffled a deck of cards, he spent a couple of minutes looking at them and then was able to recall them in that correct order, right? And I was like, wow, this guy's got some insane brain. And at the end of that he went, but this is nothing special with my brain, this is just a technique I learned and you can read about it in my book. And I was like, I need that book. So... I was fascinated with what you could do with memory. And then these things seemed almost superhuman. You know, if I go into a room, introduce myself to 30 people, and then when I leave that room, go and say goodbye by name to every one of those 30 people, people think it's incredible. Mm. But it's not because I have a ridiculously strange mind at all. I learned a technique which enabled me to do that. So then I started pushing it further. What other things can, can we do with our mind? You know, what other things... You, you know, can the mind do under the right conditions? And uh, I started becoming interested in hypnosis. I took part in a show, loved the experience so much that I then started to delve into resources which kind of showed me uh, or, or at least gave me a window and insight into it. So when you say you learn technique, is mm. that everyone can learn that one or it's specific to you, everyone sort of to do what you're doing has their own technique that, that works I, for them? I, I think what happens is, uh, you know, and I've actually just come back from uh, a teaching a, a group of guys from all over Europe. Uh, I went up to London to teach a, a group of guys to do what I do. So okay. it's a learned process, right? But people will find, you know, even though I can give you the words and, you know, the reasoning behind the words and the actions and all that kind of thing is you're going to find a way to to mould it to your own personality. So it, it's kind of core techniques, but, you know, it needs to sound like it's personal coming from you and, and congruent with who you are. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you definitely need to be a people person because you're, it's, it's such a people-driven business. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So the people you've just taught, mm. how does one practice what you're doing? Mm. I mean, is it something, <laughs> yeah. obviously, because you get better no, with practice. Yeah, so. it's really funny and that's something I actually cover because unfortunately, unlike most styles of entertainment, if you're using this for an entertainment, uh, you know, if you're a singer, you rehearse, you know, all your exactly. songs, even yeah. a magician can watch in the mirror and, and, and rehearse their tricks, make sure that everything looks perfect, do it in front of the camera. But to be quite honest, you can practice your words, you can practice, you know, where you want to stand how people might react, but the only true practice for a hypnosis show is actually doing a hypnosis show. And that frightens the hell out yeah. of people because the fact of booking your first show and kind of going, well, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope <laughs> this works. <laughs> is but, it like that? Well, well, what other way was there to do it? Yeah. I, I did that. Well, I, just, no. I, I didn't imagine many yeah. people putting their hand up to be test subjects. No, no. Well, the thing is, you know, like you kind of, uh, you know, people might not necessarily know it's your first show, but at some point you, you advertise you're doing a show, people buy tickets, they come along, you do the show and, oh, mm. that worked. <laughs> do you as well, do you get sick of having to prove yourself? Because I've watched a few of your interviews and it seems everyone's always like, 
do this, prove it, um, show <laughs> us you can do this. Does that get old? No, uh, not really. And 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 realistically, I don't have to prove myself. No. And you know, like it's basically saying, "Ah, oh, you're a plumber, are you? Okay." Whip out your tools and, uh, you know, disconnect my sink right now. What would you do in that situation? So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't allow myself to get treated like a dancing monkey. But in, in the right conditions, if people um, are genuinely inquisitive, it's uh, – look, we're never going to open up a challenge situation as in like, bet you can't hypnotise me because, do you know what, they're absolutely right because it gets back to this thing. It's a permissive thing, yeah. If you're going to sit there going – <laughs> no, nope, you can't hypnotise me. Well, you're not going to go through the process that need, you need to get there, you okay. know. So you, you can certainly be sceptical, but that's, that's fine. And we get lots of people who are like, yeah, I don't know how this works, you know. That's fine. You can still sit on stage or sit in front of me, go through the process, see what happens. That's not going to stop that happening. Um, but what will stop it happening is that if I say, okay, what I'd like you to do is just focus your mind on the weight of your hand on your lap right now. And they go, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, okay, we're not, you know, we're not going to go any further down this road. So, yeah. Can you be hypnotised? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. And, and like I said, when I was 21, I took part in a show and I, I, found, the, I found the process fascinating. But so much so that I was like, I need to know how to do this. But, <laughs> but since now you know all the tricks, yeah, yeah. can you still – or are you mute? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I obviously use self-hypnosis a lot, okay. which is pretty much, you know, relaxing myself, giving myself some suggestions, allow my brain, my mind to kind of focus on that for a little while, gives myself a little time scale and uh, on we go, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. What does Wellmat say to the sceptics? Because I – my dad, for one, we I remember us watching a, t- a show on TV mm. and he's like, oh, they're all actors. Yeah, yeah. What do you say to people? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, well, let's put it out here. The game's up today, isn't it? We, I've been rattled 10 years on, the thousands of dollars I spent exactly. you know, paying everyone off in the uh, audience to come up at the right time and stay up, you know. So, you know, honestly, it, may, it makes me laugh when I hear that. Because you must get it a bit. I, 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 do you know what? T- 10 years. I, I think... Yeah, but now not so much. I okay. think over time because it, this used to be something, especially when I started, it was very weird and I had to kind of battle against like, oh, you know, do all those crazy stuff to people. I wouldn't get up there and I saw this, someone do this. You know, and I was trying to get as far away from that. I didn't want any mystery about it. I wanted it to be fun. You know, just explain how this is a state of mind we use, uh, like I was mentioning about, you know, being, you know, doing that kind of thing, mm. move, that movie visualisation. You can make yourself cry from a sad movie. So... I, I kind of expose all the way that we have this same use, this same hypnotic state of mind. We we use it in different instances accidentally all the time. Yeah. So, you know, if someone's sceptical, like I said just a moment ago, that's not going to stop you <laughs> being a good subject. You may you may not be a good subject, but you could be. But it's not going to. It's certainly not going to mm-hmm. stop you. Absolutely. But all that is going to stop you is actually just not going through the initial process to start with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I think the date. I think because over the years we have got more used to uh, using our mind. Like I said, like these words are not unknown to us now. Yoga, mindfulness, meditation. You know, our mental health, the way we you know, positively look at ways to um, forward ourselves with our mind now, it, it, it's, more, it's more natural and normal in everyday life than it was 10 years ago for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So you also have done Fringe and mm. travel all around the world. Yeah. What goes – so the planning involved in yeah. a show, talk us through how long is that? Oh, well, that's really interesting. I'm not sure when this podcast will go out, but obviously we're recording this in uh, – Probably we, next week. August. Okay, August. great. <laughs> it sounds still in August. Okay. Very soon. Yeah, well, I, actually, t- today I've, I've just messaged my uh, graphic designer with a 
you know, an idea of what I want to do for my show, which actually won't happen until that show won't go live on a stage till, you know, January next year. But already we're at the stage where we're actually, you know, uh, working out venues to use. Um, Initially, (laughs) actually the strange thing is you kind of, you know, if you're entering it into certain festivals, you, you they have to be that's months ahead. So sometimes you may only have a show title and then <laughs> still write the show, which is the case right now. Night before you're just I winging have, it. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of uh, a couple of potential show titles, but uh, you know, fortunately, um, yeah, it, it, they're a fairly general fun title, which I can pretty much kind of paste whatever I like to into the show yeah. under that title. But yeah, that's already started. But the the planning, apart from all the kind of marketing plan um i I mean we and when i say we that's myself and my wife who my wife's my manager she does all the business side of things Catherine, yeah she's amazing and so we uh you know we put months into working out our marketing plans our uh, everything to do with the show what the images want to look like uh, you know what might be interesting for the media um to have a look at uh all these different bits and pieces. And then, of course, you know, actually writing the show. So over the next few months, as I'm doing other shows with kind of like stuff I've done many times before, I'll also be testing out some material in those shows. So if I have an idea, I might pop it into a show amongst all the other you know, really well-polished stuff and it will give me an idea. Is this idea, does it work well on stage? Does it need to be fleshed out more? Or is this just like, oh, no, I didn't think of this in a live situation. Now right. get rid of that one. Yep. So I kind of end up, you know, towards, you know, the end of the year, I'll have an idea of the routines I want to actually use and then we'll kind of really uh, flesh out into a, in, in a fully-fledged show then. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So get, it's, a, it's a long process, yeah. yeah. It's not just jumping on stage. Do you get nervous? No, do you know what? I, I've talked about this before. So... You know, in some people's eyes, I might get what people call nerves, but I, I always say to people that it's just the same thing. I, you may say, oh, I feel so nervous, and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so excited, and we're probably feeling the exact same thing. So, you know, if I am stood behind a curtain on a big stage ready to walk out in front of a 1,000 people... Yeah, I'll be like, oh, here we go. This is going to be great, you know, Woo-hoo. And And my piece of music goes, which fires me off. It's like a trigger because I, every time I hear that piece of music, oh, that's the cue for me to go on. So I get used to this. It makes me feel amazing. So, you know, yeah, I will get this. Oh, here we go. But, you know, I, I've seen that equally similar feeling in someone. They've equated it to like crippling stage fright where it's just uh, it's just the way they're framing it in their mind, uh, I, I, I assume. So, yeah. yeah. And what have we got to so apart from Fringe coming up? Is yep. there anything else from Matt Hale we have to be excited about? Uh, look, do you know what? I've got this lovely little thing I've launched recently called the uh, Feel Great Family Insiders. Um, sorry, Feel Great Factory Insiders, um, which has been like an online portal for for helping people change whatever they'd like to change in their life. So I, I kind of polled uh, various people who've either come to see shows or engaged with me and mm. mailings and stuff and... Kind of like, what's the thing? What's the thing you'd like to change in your life? And it turned out it wasn't just the one thing. It turns out it was, well, I'd like to reduce how much alcohol I drink, but I'd also like to uh, get rid of my phobia of flying. Or so it looks like there's people actually have a lot of things they want to change, or if not a lot, but maybe more than one. So, you know, I just launched this kind of online portal, which actually helps people 
um, put a lot of techniques into place, which covers a wide range of things. And we get into some specifics and there's some kind of coaching in there as well. So that's amazing. Yeah. So that's really great because that, because, because there's only one of me and so much. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Catherine's like, thank God. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, my time is very, I'm very time poor with that kind of thing. So this has been a really good midway of being, me being able to engage with a lot of people um, and, 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 and still affect, uh, still affect some change. So, yep. yeah. What advice as well, Matt, would you give for people starting out in entertaining? What advice would you give them? I would say just do it. Oh, that's not, no, no, can't, we can't, we can't take, we can't take it for <laughs> Nike, right? <laughs> but no, I, I think, I think they should go with what I call the power of probably. Look at something. If you enjoy it, think, yeah, I could probably do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah, and I, I actually only realised, and um, years ago, that's what I've always done, and I realised it wasn't necessarily what most people, and it's not what the majority of people do. Yeah. Now, of course, I'll look at something and go, oh, that looks great, I can probably do that. Occasionally, I'm completely wrong. I couldn't do it, right? <laughs> but I get far more wins out of that, that side of looking at it. Yeah. If you're someone, which is the majority of people, who looks at something and go, Oh, I wish I could do that. Well, obviously, there's you know, there's no way I could do that. Y- you know, if when you're proving yourself right, that means you're not getting ahead. You know, so mm. and and your and your wins are actually basically like, oh, what a surprise! I was wrong. I actually could. So again, you, you know, you're going to have much more wins if you look at something and think, well, why not? That's you brilliant know, life advice too. Yeah, it, it, but, you know, if you see something, someone is doing that thing, that thing can be done. Yeah, you know, you can probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's excellent. There you go, guys. I hope you've uh, taken something like that. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Ah, this was fantastic. Absolute pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed it. All the best for the rest of the year. You're yeah. a very busy man. Yeah. And good luck with uh, all the shows coming up and the portal. Thank you very much. See you later, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Teach Me in 20. If you did, and if you even just learned one thing, make sure you subscribe so each week you can learn something new with me. Bye.